And we're back, volume four, episode four. <laughs> um, I've just been instructed two things. One, not to say volume, because it's actually an episode. And number two, I'm going to be leading today, because Anna sounds like a witch, so she doesn't like the sound of her own voice. Um, <laughs> moving on, though. Anna, would you like to speak before, or do I just lead the whole way? Do you want me to talk for you? We have our special guest. We do. do you want we, me? We, yeah, if you'd like to introduce him, that'd be amazing. This... Are we just going straight in? Uh, yeah, that's generally how it works. We could just talk. Okay, cool. So we have a special guest today. Um, the special guest is actually the head of Java in Berlin. So a big name, some might say. <laughs> Where is Berlin? I'm joking. That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, so we're just going to find out a bit more about what he does on a day-to-day basis. And so, a bit about him. Without further ado... Your name is Alex Bloisey. Thanks for having me. No Good problem, evening. Alex. Thanks for joining us. Um, why don't you tell us about yourself, like your background? How did you get into recruitment and especially in Berlin? Sure. So if we go far back, um, <laughs> <laughs> how far back are we going? Um, in terms of, I did the classic uh, falling into recruitment. So I finished finished my uh, undergraduate um, degree and then went and worked in Parliament for a summer. Um, As you do, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It sounds a lot more glamorous than what it was, trust me. Um, Working for an MP and then the idea was to go back and I did a master's and the idea was to come back and basically work for him and I thought kind of life was planned out and all sorted and uh, it was back in 2017 and Theresa May called an election which didn't go that well and um, I was basically out of a job to come back to so I was back to square one um, got found on I think it was a job board and came into understanding for an interview and kind of went from there out of curiosity what job board can you, <laughs> you can remember that far back I don't know why I'm curious I feel like it would have been job site no it was Reed oh really oh, it was Reed oh, I'm going to start searching more on Reed you cannot go wrong with Reed it's right right that's good to know for my sourcing session tomorrow um, <laughs> and to start off in, I know it's a little bit belated but like Happy New Year's and all that jazz what, what did you do over the, the Christmas break New Year's um, usual stuff me and my school friends do a pub crew every year in our hometown I went to Bath as well. I went to the AA. Fresh hours, personally. (laughs) 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 Alright, no more bad jokes, I'm done. Um, Yeah, I went to, stayed in a lovely little village uh, next to Bath and it was a mile away from... Who did you go with? I went with my girlfriend. Oh really? Yeah. What's she like? She's, she's lovely. She's uh, very good at hosting podcasts. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Not leading really? them, but really? hosting them. Cool. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And Alex, what, what are your personal and um, like work-related resolutions for, for this year coming? Um, personal, I really want to look after myself better this year. In general, just health. Um, Eating-wise. Eating as well, but like mentally just... Just not burn out. Mm. Um, have the work-life balance. Have a bit more work-life balance and, and know when to 
Know when to stop. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Life is a game of poker. It's been said before and it'll be said again. <laughs> uh, have you got back into the swing of work now? Did you, did you, did you work over like the Christmas period or did you kind of just stop, put your feet up and now you're kind of back and stuff like uh, that? Complete switch off over Christmas. Um, I think we were all in December, pretty knackered. Yeah. I was in the Caribbean, so yeah. I, I was not. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty relaxed. You yeah. draw that up about 10,000 times. Okay. Well, we'll do one more time. <laughs> no Christmas is the only time of year in recruitment where you, where you get to switch off properly no one your clients and candidates don't really do much so uh, it's the time we've got to switch off and especially with the intensity of, of what this year is going to bring mm-hmm. big year ahead mm-hmm. um, okay okay interesting so we're going to go with some quick fire questions your name Alex Bloise just answer that for you I'm not going to answer them all for you but um, what, what's your full name uh, Alexander Mark Bloisey. Alexander Mark Bloisey. Yeah, it had to be translated into be able to be translated into Italian, some half Italian. Okay, interesting. And it was going to be Gennaro Rosario, but that translated into Jenny Rose in English. So you could have made it work. I'm going to call you Jenny Rose from now on. <laughs> it's a non-starter. <laughs> like, There's Jenny. You're Jr. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, so the second question, a bit different, is what is your favourite music, or I guess, favourite music genre, and then if you have a favourite song, throw that in as well. Um, I like American gangster rap, but only from probably the late 1990s to about 2004, 2005. <laughs> I think after that, it's just got rubbish. 2004? Hey, 2004 is a good year. But, uh, yeah. That's that's Eminem territory. Yeah. Eminem, Fifty Cent. This is the Jarl, prime. Although I'm always Fifty Cent. They had a big fallout. Are you, can you just not cope with Jarl being there? Was he? Was, I, don't, I don't want to bring it up. It sounds like it looks like it's a painful time for you. You see all these these like Stormzy and Wiley having these spats now, but back in the day, it was proper. It was proper <laughs> beef. Jarl versus Fifty. 50, just first name racist. Yeah. It was pretty good. I remember, I remember reading a quite a funny story about them too. And uh, Ja Rule had a concert and 50 Cent yeah. brought the first, like, I don't know, 10 rows of the concert so no one would be there when he went on stage, which I thought was hilarious. Very petty, but yeah. also I hilarious. I, I do think we should do maybe diss tracks to other recruitment companies. I, do you know what? I'm totally on board with that. I'm not going to name any, but I'm, 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 I, had, I definitely had a little think about it. I think in the era of LinkedIn content, maybe that could... Calling out other recruiters on LinkedIn. Oh, mate. <laughs> this is great. This is fire in a booth. The idea started here. I'm only joking. Um, Favourite song? Uh, Lipa, Don't Start Now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. At the okay. moment, anyway. I was expecting Candy Shop, but that's fine. <laughs> if we're going back to that genre, then Many Men, 50 Cent. I can't argue with that. It's a classic. Very good tune. Okay. Um, classic question. What's your favourite animal and why? Dog. Big dog. Uh, always had German Shepherds growing up. Still oh, really? have them now. Yeah. yeah. Massive Alsatians. Love them. So intelligent. Really? Mm. More of a, I don't know, Dalmatian kind of guy. <laughs> I think it's just based on the film. I don't actually know what it's popped into my head. Okay. Would you agree with that, spirit animal? What would you say he was? I don't know if I... Yeah. There's definitely a sense of Bloisey being a dog. He's very energetic. 
obviously very quite fit. So in in, yeah. a, in a sporty way, Ollie, guys, Ollie. guys, guys, <laughs> um, and then yeah, you're just very also very disciplined, which dogs yeah. can be at times. Yeah, that's true. But also quite playful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Um, biggest strength in recruitment. Intensity. Is that just leave it? Oh, I was oh, just about to say that. Even though we're both like, well, that. that's that was quite intense. I thought they were quick. I didn't know how to elaborate. You can explain a bit more. Um, I think I can work at a rapid, focused pace for an extended period of time. Wow. For a lot more than probably most. I would agree with that. Brilliant. I love what that. Would you, what would you say his biggest strength is? Biggest strength is, yeah, I'd, I'd say his focus. Like, it's obviously, I mean, the numbers we've got now, like, what, pushing near 60 people or something like that in the office? Yeah. So when it is noisy, it is very noisy. And I usually, for me personally, I try to keep my headphones in yeah. um, and have my phone to, like, forward mobile just so I can focus. But I think you could just work and, like, ignore all background noise. Which is, yeah. <laughs> which is a skill I don't have. I can hear my name across the room and I'll be like, hello, what would you want? So, yeah. I would say your biggest strength is you're very good at taking on board advice and like listening to other people's opinions. I think sometimes you can be quite set in your own way. Not you, just you <laughs> as in, no, as in everyone can get set in their own way of yeah. doing things. And it's even for myself, if someone tells me how to do something, there yeah. is a part of my pride that I'm like, I don't want to take on that advice. But yeah. I think with you, you're very able to take it on board. And I think that's a huge strength. Yeah. I think apart from being, being focused as well, I think that's a big strength. I think in recruitment, you have to leave your ego at the door. Um, do you? <laughs> Unless you're doing, but yeah, I think you have to leave your ego at the door and take on advice and and realise that you're not perfect. Yeah, mm. some people yeah, do have that problem. It's it's sad, but yeah. So <laughs> um, most embarrassing moment in recruitment to date, obviously. Um, probably when I was uh, in Berlin, um, I was taking out a candidate who I just sort of, he just signed the contract and he was he was due to start in sort of two months' time and never met before face-to-face. Make it sound like a football transfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. In Melbourne, his <laughs> agent. And um, for anyone who knows Berlin, there's certain districts where um, they don't take card because they don't trust the banks and things like that. And um, I'd, we'd, I'd ordered these beers, she'd opened the bottles and... Um, I only had I didn't have any cash on me stupidly, uh, so I went to the cash point next door and I only had my Revolut card, and the Revolut app had crashed at that precise moment and oh I couldn't I couldn't withdraw any cash, so I had to <laughs> ask the candidate who I was really trying to impress and like obviously put on a, a really nice evening for him. Um, I did, he had to go to the cash point and withdraw the cash himself. <gasps> And then and then pay for it. Obviously, I paid them back later, but yeah. Oh, I'd hate that. that That's was, like my biggest fear is like, yeah, just my card being declined. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. Um, but we're still close friends now, so it's fine. What story? Nice. What a story? Did you ask the last question, or did I? I think I asked the last question. Okay, it's my turn. Um, what is your favourite holiday that you've ever been on? Take a think about it if you want. <laughs> Well, remember that lad's holiday. <laughs> 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 I 
Um, Dominican Republic, I'd say last year. Mm. Classic <laughs> is, 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 is a good answer. Interesting. That I went with my um, podcast hosting girlfriend. Oh um, my god. <laughs> This isn't the Valentine's dish you got in. Let's just keep focused. Um, yeah, it was just amazing because it was it was halfway through the year, so we needed needed switch off time, and we got really lucky with the place we got because the original place we booked was uh, getting refurbished. I might listen to this and the one on episode one. We go. This back. sounds. It does sound familiar. Very similar. It yeah. sounds like a familiar story, but it must happen a lot. Another good holiday was was Dubai previously where we, um, I went to the Dubai Sevens. But then I think you also discussed that, so... Yeah, that's true, actually. Maybe we should go on different holidays. We need to. We need to switch it up. How come? Interesting. When did you go to the Dubai Sevens? What year? Five years ago. Five or six years ago. Okay. Quite a while now. Seems like ages. And you went, like, this year. Oh, no, last year. Yeah, 2019. What a year. So, best day of your life so far. Um, so I used to play rugby and the team I was playing for, we had a playoff match to get promoted to League One and uh, we won um, literally in the last play of the game. That was a big moment for me because back in the day, I, rugby was like my life and everyone kind of ran on, there was like a few thousand people watching and there was like a pitch invasion. It was a big moment. Oh, right. That was awesome. It was good. A pitch invasion? What's that? Like everyone comes on? Yeah, it's like when the... I thought that empty. was like a like a terminology that I didn't yeah. know. Okay. Where sorry. the stands empty, and everyone runs on. Oh, you would have loved that. Oh, I loved it. Did you have loads of people hugging you and stuff? Loads of people hugging me, champagne, all the all the fans crying. I might be exaggerating a little bit. But... <laughs> the champagne, I'm not sure about. <laughs> I'm gonna try. It, there's got to be a video of this somewhere online. Yeah, no one comes, one person runs on. He's like, well done, great game. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, cool. So, the Java market, obviously we have our, you know, we have a UK team, but we, how long have you been operating in Germany, especially more, you know, focused on Berlin? Like, tell us a story there. How did you get to that point? Why, Why Berlin and go from there? Sure, so I joined um, underneath Sam, who's one of our directors now, doing London Java. And for the first few months, I kind of learned, my, learned how to recruit um, in the London Java market. Uh, and I think it was around probably nine months in to the career where I'd, um, I kind of got, got a London client base, like a small one. Um, but I was really keen to do my own thing within the business um, and there were obviously examples of, of people who have done that and, and I kind of wanted a piece of that action and the company itself had always wanted to expand into Germany and after doing kind of um, research about what kind of tech hubs are emerging and maturing and, and doing best we decided to use our London Java expertise and put it into a new market into Berlin so we, we, do, we do Java in Berlin now. Okay. How long has that been going now? Uh, so I'd say we started at the end of twenty eighteen properly, and then twenty nineteen was was full flow. We had a, a full year of operation and um, got some people in to to help me do it. Okay. And what have you seen many changes like tech wise since you you've kind of been working here or since you 
like been the transition. Yeah, the transition maybe, and even so, say from this time last year to this time this year in the German market in the Berlin market. So, yeah, so every tech hub in Europe has its nuances, and that's one of the struggles of, of going into a market and culture as well that you, you don't really know much about. Um, Berlin is candidate short, um, but it's not as candidate short as as London is. Um, there's actually more job. There's more software developers in Germany than in the UK, but I think there's almost double or three times the the VC funding into tech companies in in the UK. So you can see why there's there's such a candidate shortage um, in London. That being said, so things do move a bit slower in in Berlin, um, but definitely, especially probably over the past six, nine months, people are starting to feel the pain of, of not moving quick enough. Um, and also this demand has, has meant the salaries um, have, have gone up. Probably, probably whilst I've been doing the market, probably by about 10%, I would say. Really? Yeah. It's quite impressive. What are the salaries like in comparison in general to the UK market, for example? Would you say they're like more or less uh, the same? I'd say it's probably slight... In terms of uh, relative income, because the cost of living is a lot cheaper in Berlin than in London. Yeah. Um, so I think if you are a software developer, you'll, you'll be more financially comfortable um, in Berlin. Mm. But then some people like London for various different reasons. Berlin's still an emerging capital city. Um, it's, there's a thriving tech hub there, but there's still parts of it that uh, are still even recovering from um, division and reunification that's a long word (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to attempt it Um, and what are your predictions for for 2020 Um, what have you seen so far Um, I think Berlin very early days obviously I I think Berlin is going to turn into London in terms of speed in terms of shortages uh, especially now kind of Brexit probably the end of this year will be a bit more settled and people know where they stand. So people will, will start going back to London again. Um, a lot of people I've, I've spoken to wanted to go to London, but Berlin's a good kind of second option for them. Mm. Um, but I think it's going to get quicker and I think the candidate shortage is going to increase a lot and some people are going to start feeling the pain of not being able to find good talent. Okay. Sorry, I'm in a daze. Um, so I was just thinking in like regards to skills. Um, ha- do you see a difference in in like the general tech in Berlin? Because obviously you've done London and Ger- London and Berlin, so the UK and Germany. Is there more of a focus on? So I'm not really familiar with Java, but I know that it's like Java. Charlotte spoke about having Java and some like. DevOps sort of mm. crossover is that similar to what she was? Yeah, um, in terms of the tech side of things, it's quite similar. One thing that you find in Berlin that a lot of companies uh, use PHP and Ruby. Okay, which okay. quite web focused. Yeah, um, and in London, you you really. You, <laughs> yeah, PHP is like. PHP is like a swear word in London, but in Berlin. Um, Companies still do use it. I think it's probably better suited to smaller startups. 
it is very start focused. I was about to say a lot of startups. Yeah. So there's some startups that I work with that still kind of yeah. use it or they're open to it just because yeah. I don't know if it's cheaper. I don't know what the what the reasoning is behind it. If I'm being honest. No, I just know that we did some work like back in the day at understanding where there was like a vertical in PHP. Um, so like someone was specialising in that particular market and then there wasn't enough kind of interest there really. So there was mm. like a transition away from it. But I know that there was a time when there were plans to kind of specialise in that, that market, but we moved away from it. So obviously, I guess the tech moved away from PHP. I, I hear it now and then, but not massively. I'd say machine learning as well isn't as a established in Berlin as it is in like London or Oxford or Cambridge. I think, obviously, I mean, you'll know more than me, but there isn't that university spin-out of, of machine learning startups or AI startups as much. It's still there a bit, but... Yeah, a bit. I've heard it a bit. I have, like, a lot of candidates from Germany who want to relocate to, like, some of the ML opportunities in the UK. But the the main issue is, like, salary. Yeah. Like, they don't get enough salary, well, their, their expectations are quite high compared to what actually offers in the UK. So I was always thinking, do, on average, is like Berlin and Germany offering like a higher salary than in the UK? I don't know if that... But I guess you kind of answered that. You said it was like maybe a little bit more. Yeah, in terms of relative cost of living, you get a better deal in, in Berlin. Yeah. Especially compared to, to other German cities. But it's also Germany, it's a lot infinitely more easier to get a visa than for the UK Um, and that's part of the reason why there's such a shortage uh, in the UK but I've since doing Berlin I've placed people from Egypt uh, Brazil Iran um, literally all over the world because they're able um, to get visas there yeah it's It's quite a good advantage to have I I don't know (laughs) it sounds like it anyway but yeah it's a bit stressful when they have their embassy appointment Oh, really? You know, it's on a certain day and you're kind of waiting to hear the news, but... Final hurdle. If you're highly skilled, um, you'll definitely get a visa. But I I think with one of the... What we could learn from maybe after Brexit is finalised, it could be an opportunity for the government to, like, implement a tech visa. Yeah. And I think France are doing it at the moment. I think Macron's implementing one, a tech visa. So if we could do something where worldwide we had this tech visa... Um, then anyone from around the world could um, could come and, and be highly skilled and obviously contribute to the tech. Yeah, I was wondering what we're going to do in regards to kind of moving forward, obviously, when we leave the EU, because we're going to definitely leave now. So I'm just, I speak to like probably 60% of the people I speak to are in the EU or are looking to relocate to the UK. So obviously on, on average, I'm speaking to quite a lot of people who aren't British based talent so I'm just wondering what it will be like moving forward how they're gonna work or if they're gonna like take on the same thing as Berlin potentially or Germany overall yeah what about like remote working flexible hours working from home how much of that do you see or what's the the balance like pretty much the same as in the UK um I don't actually know what it's like in the UK (laughs) anymore I've been out of the game for so long uh yeah I'd say one day a week working from home and yeah, everyone does kind of flexible working hours. One thing that's different, a lot of companies in Berlin do uh, a personal training budget. So they give you like 2,000 euros a year 
um, and you could do like a course or a conference or a meetup or whatever, and they give you the holiday to do that as well. I don't know. I don't know if that's in London at all. Some companies I work with do that, but it's, it tends to be more, um, more of the startups. If I'm being honest, yeah. who are still quite they want people to kind of spend. But like one company I'm working with, they want they give they, they pass up a day of their week, so I'll give the uh, the candidate a day of the week to work on a different programming language, just to, or make sure that they're just keeping up to date with mm. trends in tech and stuff like yeah. that, which that's is good. quite cool. And it's quite appealing as well. It attracts the right mind. A lot of things in Berlin have been built around this emerging tech scene because probably 10, 12 years ago was pretty much non-existent. Yeah. Uh, so it really has boomed and there's been, it's a massive meetup scene. There's a lot of VCs there as well. Yeah. Um, that, that fund these, these startups. I know there's a stat that a startup gets founded every 20 minutes in Germany, but... Really? There, yeah. You, if you read any article in Berlin Tech, it will, it will say that stat, but... I don't know how that how true that is. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like in London, people. The main thing I've seen is like remote working. Yeah. So like it, it's becoming less, a lot more popular. Definitely. Yeah, I've seen way less of like the focus on, like having a budget to self develop. I've seen compared to remote working. Like every single mm. candidate asked me about that, but I think it's still good to put emphasis on like self-development because yeah. that's the thing that's gonna be most I don't know powerful is not the word but like the most important thing for you mm. because you'll just develop and develop and then your skills will be your greatest asset so it's just interesting to hear a different perspective on that because the skill shortage is so acute as well in London they do tend to be quite well looked after yeah and in Berlin on the whole you're very well looked after however there are companies that will get someone from somewhere, anywhere around the world. Obviously, if you're moving and you, you get given a visa, yeah. um, and then they join, they're completely sold a dream, and they join, and, and I speak to these developers because they want to leave after two months because they're on a project that is not what they signed up for. Um, I've, I've spoken to some people who just didn't even have a desk or any equipment when they, when they joined some companies in Berlin are growing so quickly that they just want to get kind of bums on seats um, to the detriment of, um, of the, the kind of employee experience. But then they lose out in the end because they, they, they leave after three months. Yeah, and the reputation isn't great, is it? Because yeah. word spreads. So, interesting. What um, would your advice be to anyone who's kind of like, let's say if you're UK-based especially... Um, or to be honest, anywhere else in the world, bar, but bar Germany or Berlin, but like, in terms of like relocating or taking that leap, mm. what would your advice be to them? Because um, there's always the option you see, I mean, I see it a lot, like, I'll oh, come and work abroad and stuff like that. It, it sounds quite glamorous, but it's like, I think a lot of people would kind of look at it and be like, I, I don't know much about it, about that process. How, how easy is it to like relocate, find somewhere to live, um, yeah. and get yourself, you know, set up, set up shops, so to speak, abroad? Yeah, you've got to really do, really do your research. Um, I was talking to someone about this the other day, and, and I think a lot of a lot of responsibility does lie with the company. Yeah. Um, mm. you you can't be bringing over developers on on way below market rate, um, on really poor kind of relocation um support, but you do have to do your research. Um, and someone suggested to me actually that you should almost treat relocation, if you research how much it would cost for a week's holiday there and then kind of multiply that 
Yeah, I've never really heard that kind of angle before. Um, but yeah, you've got to do that. I always um, send candidates sort of cost of living calculators of yeah. what, of what everything yeah. um, costs. Because to me, obviously, I've lived kind of in and around London all my life. So I think Berlin's really cheap. Yeah. Because um, London's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and but then there's people moving from other places in the world, which is even cheaper than Berlin. Mm. Um, but in Berlin, for example, for anyone listening in the UK, an all day travel card for the subway is seven euros, which is around five pounds. Wow. And I think <laughs> yeah, and I, and That's I think amazing. In London, it's about thirty quid. I think. Yeah, it's it's like twenty. Yeah, twenty five and up, depending. Yeah, what time? But yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it, is it quite easy to like travel around Berlin as a whole, like the public transport, stuff like that? Yeah. You, um, you have the subway, it's fine. E-scooters are allowed there. So I sometimes go... <laughs> I think I saw a post of you on LinkedIn on one. Yeah. Yeah. I go, I go to my meetings on the, on the e-scooters. It's quite a good conversation starter to break the ice if you've never met the, the person before. I haven't got a client on the scooters yet, though, and gone around Berlin, but... <laughs> It's on the to-do list. Do you ask whilst you're in the meetings? I should. I, I will do next time. <laughs> like you, are you free? Just want to have <laughs> but three flits? Everyone you work with in Berlin is so welcoming. And one thing about going out there is that you almost feel like a guest. And you can go out for dinner and, and beers with them. And everyone will always take you to their favourite bar. Yeah. And then I think one trip I was with a candidate. Um and we had dinner and he was like, well, we must go to this bar. And we went and it was like a, an ale bar with lots of different ales on, on the chalkboard. And then the next night or two days later, I had the same dinner and he goes, oh, we must go to this bar. And then he took me to the same bar. And I was like, obviously I had to pretend. I was like, wow, this bar's amazing. Obviously pretend I've <laughs> never been there before. Is, is there much of a language barrier? Um, no, it's, it's really international. And there's more people in tech. In tech in Berlin, there's more people that, probably don't speak German than do speak German. Yeah. Um, I do actually work with a couple of clients where German language is a requirement uh, and they lose out because of that on a lot of... Is that just talent. because of the nature of their work or like the clients that are doing Yeah, so if, if you're a developer and you need to be able to communicate with clients, then... Yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah. Or if it's a German company. Yeah. Um, but you do really, really struggle to find a German-speaking um, developer in Berlin compared to one who, who um, can just do, do English. Okay, interesting. Yeah, when I've, went on, when I've been on holiday to Berlin, like, you don't, you just speak English the whole time. Like, I've never had, I've been a couple of times, and every single time I don't think I've ever... Uttered. Never been to Germany. It's on my wish list. At all? A- anywhere in Germany? No, I don't think I've been once. Oh, you should go. It must go. Very good, very good. Um... So, if you had to name, like, the biggest difference between Berlin and London, what would be the main thing, like, the standout thing you, like, immediately noticed when you transitioned? Um, everyone's a bit more chilled out in Berlin. Yeah. And everyone's, <laughs> everyone's a bit nicer. Um, and, and things do move at a slightly slower pace. Yeah. In London, everyone's running around like a headless chicken. But things do get done. Um... But I do find the people of Berlin, maybe because it's such an international community and like a melting pot, everyone is just really welcoming yeah. um, and is always there to help. As in London, I think sometimes if you're on the tube and you fell down and broke your leg, people will just step over you. Oh, yeah. 100%. 
everyone's in a rush everywhere it's busy it's busy in London like any time of the day in London someone's rushing yeah. somewhere yeah but that's just what we're like I think we're quite urgent people British people so that's probably why um okay cool um I've just got a question about like if someone was going to interview what would you advise like what are your top tips for like interviewing in Berlin um well, it doesn't have to be Berlin specifically, but if someone's really struggling and if people don't interview much, they get quite nervous. Um, I'd always just switch it around and imagine themselves in the interviewer's shoes um, and kind of imagine what they would want to hear and see and how they want you to come across. And I think that if you just do that mentally and visualise it, it can put a lot of nerves at ease. So... Sometimes you'll find me uh, teaching candidates about visualisation, but I don't do it all the time. But I find it helps people. <laughs> you say you don't do it all, all the time. Slash teacher. I feel, I feel yeah. like you just turn up and be like, no, just going to run for a quick, quick PowerPoint presentation. Quite <laughs> this the time, then we can get down to the nitty gritty stuff. But yeah. <laughs> and on CVs, so if you want to get noticed, what would you say is good to pick? Because we always say, like, for me and Dwayne, we always say that GitHub is like a major thing because yeah. you can just... Or ac- academics valued as much or is it more like GitHub, like we want to see your code examples of your work, mm. that kind of scenario. Well, in Germany, it's the, the university system isn't like ranked as much. Yeah. Um, as obviously in England, you, it's like a complete ranking. Yeah, kind of a red brick system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, GitHub, absolutely, but just tech skills at the top. Uh, and just some detail in what you're doing in your current role yeah, yeah. Uh, and the tech stack um, in, in the current role as well. Um, I think the average time a recruiter or a hiring manager reviews a CV is like six seconds. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely put the tech skills at the top. Yeah, the layout is so important. Like when I look yeah. at CVs, sometimes I just have to completely redo them because yeah. you just know, because you look at CVs as well. Like we always talk about hiring managers, but like we also yeah. look at CVs all day. So I think we know when we see something that just wouldn't get noticed, but it is a good candidate. So it's just getting there. What about, I've got something that will keep the viewers guessing. What oh. is your... <laughs> You should maybe put this to the listeners. We should do a phone in next time. Go in. <laughs> what is. Yes! A Podcast is just a warm up. The radio is coming. <laughs> what is your favourite font on a CV? Oh my god. I mean. This is. Oh, this is. I mean, Times New Roman. This is a real Times Sophie's New choice. Roman is just like a bog standard classic. Times you've owned it. No, come on, Dwayne, you're better than that. It's just a box. Okay, this is a bit 90s, isn't it? I'm throwing it out there. It's gone too far. So you've just gone full stop Times New Roman, you're standing by it. Um, Trying to think what else I use. I don't think you do. You can, if you're going to say it with your chest. If you think think Times New Roman, you stick to it. For me, it's Calibri. Calibri. Oh no! Calibri. Oh no! Calibri. 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 Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, that's oh, that's that. Or oh, you don't go. Are you talking about the body or sorry, uh, with the body? With the body. Yeah. With the body. They're only too thin. Could be a bit of meat on those bones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. 
Um, I hate both of them. Okay, where, where's your head at, Adam? Because I feel like <laughs> it's, it's evil all. That's Adam, what's, what's your favourite font then? Well, I actually like... Did you say Comic Sans? <laughs> <laughs> I like squiggly letters. Adam is so Comic Sans. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. Um, I actually like CVs and Linux. When people format it in Linux. Well, I'm gonna, I, do you know what? I, I don't think I've seen it, so I'm going to go back to my desk it's and pretty, try it out. It's pr- you won't be able I, to do it. You have, I, to, you have to be a coder to then put your CV in Linux. Oh, I don't know. This sounds weird. This just sounds and weird. And Matthew Fidenzi taught me that. Shout out to you. That's um, the best. Okay, so now that you've said that, like, I, there's, there's a bit so of truth in it. When it's nice and just laid out and it just looks gorgeous. I had a developer once write his CV in code. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, code. No, I would, no. I would do that. That's no, so cool, no, no. Yeah, but no, no, no recruiters can read code, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is a good point. I, I've had someone done that, who did that once, and I passed their CV over in the cover sheet to the client, and they came back to me, and it was, like, it was a mistake with the code, so we're not going to be progressing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You tried to show off, and it just backfired horribly. Okay. Well, did you, how did you know it was... I don't understand how you were able to pass it on because how did you know it was do you know what I'm talking like, about because like the format of the CV was like in code like they did it in code if you know what I mean like, how could you read it though I don't really it was Dwayne's, so, Dwayne's a coding <laughs> genius do you know what I mean sorry I'm like wiping the table um, if you... the, audio, <laughs> the audio literally every time ruining it ruining it um, but like the format was like kind of like it was. he was trying to code it but they like obviously there were like bullet points as well if that makes sense yeah Everyone's trying to imagine it now, but also like, is he talking rubbish? Like, no, it's confusing yeah. me a bit. But Linux, that's a good thing to do. Do you think recruiters should be able to read code? Uh, I would say yes. Um, I would. There's a no, no, <laughs> really? no. Honestly, really? I, there's a friend of mine, and I won't name him or the company, uh, but he also works in recruitment, and they get taught the basics of coding. So when they send a tech test out, they have to review it first mm. before passing it on to the tech team. Which I think, you know, if you if you actually know some part of code, and you know, that's a, a huge time saver for all parties. And it'd be great for us on our side if we let's say like we could read Java to an extent. We got the test back and like, look, this part's not right or that's not right. And it just, I think, on the other hand as well, it also just opens up your coding vocabulary if you like. Yeah. Um, In context. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, I think you you know knowledge is power. So it's that it's that simple really. You love that quote, don't you? Have I used it before? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm using some of the same quotes again. Next, next time I'm going to be He's like the so quote master. He's so repetitive. I've been called predictable recently. I know that didn't go down well, did it? No, I was quite upset about that. Um, cool. I would like to finish this or come to the end. From a more recruitment-based perspective, if you were meeting someone day one who wanted to... You've progressed quite quickly. You've, done, you've been very successful in your role <laughs> you should um, come on this podcast more um, so what would you say you need to do to be successful in the honest like honest completely real version of events of like what you think you need to do to be successful in recruitment because I think there's sometimes... going to be absolutely unbelievable quote coming up I can't wait for it. <laughs> oh whatever God. it is I'm going to bring it off Get it laminated, stick it away. Laminated? Oh, those are the days, laminated. Um, People, do we not have a laminator in your office? I, I don't think so, but I love laminated things. I'll bring that up with the back of office team. I think, <laughs> I don't have any magical quote, but self-awareness in this particular job um, 
is massive and also honesty about what your goals actually are because in in recruitment you can, people sometimes get into it obviously because uh, you can build something and, and make a career and, and a good living out of it um, but sometimes people don't want to match up um, their actions to their goals mm. and I think people need to be honest about well if you're not matching your actions to your goals maybe your goals need to change and maybe you don't want what what you say you particularly want. Um, but to be really, really successful, um, you just need to have that almost pig-headed work ethic um, to, to get through the hurdles and, and the setbacks. Mm. And um, there is no substitute for intensity and work ethic. You there could, we are. That's a quote. You knew it was coming. <laughs> there, there isn't. You, so engaging. You could be. <laughs> you could be the most technically gifted recruiter. Um, you could write the best emails, sell in the best way, um, or whatever. But if you're not doing enough of it and getting your message out to the right people and enough people, then you won't get very far. Sadly, that wasn't really a quote you could laminate, though. I'm sure I just want the whole, gonna, I don't worry about that. I'll get that tight tonight. Up. He'll be straight on the laptop. <laughs> you, how often, I don't know how to describe this, like I've, I've been in the office when you're, how often would you say you're like first in, last out? And I definitely know you've popped in on the weekends as well. Do you think, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on that in general? Like, is that something you mind doing? Or are you quite, seems like you're, you're quite happy to do it. And like, um, if is I'm, it for the candidates? Is it for the clients? Like, <laughs> for yourself? <laughs> Uh, all three um, candidates usually can speak in the evenings. Yeah. Um, and sometimes need to prepare client briefs for the next day. Um, when you're managing a team as well, you spend a lot of the the working week with your team, and sometimes coming in at the weekends uh, and just having some time to yourself just to crack on with boring admin stuff, um, just lightens your workload. Um, for the week ahead. But my general rule of thumb is, because um, everyone's got their goals and what they want to do, but if I'm feeling good and I'm not kind of tired, then I don't mind um, putting a few hours in here and there. But it's when, and this is the mistake I made probably, you know, when I first started in recruitment, um, is sort of carrying on when you're really tired and your brain's in a fog and you're reacting to things badly. Um, you're just no good to anyone. A tired recruiter is no good to anyone, and that's when you need to take yourself away. And there's still a, learn, a work in progress um, with, with learning about that, but that'd be my one bit of advice as well. Every day is a little bit easier in recruitment. It might not look like it, but yeah, you learn a little. You know, you'll learn something that day, yeah. <laughs> one way or another. But yeah, hundred percent. Very true. Interesting. Beautiful. Beautiful. So thank you for coming on. My we pleasure. Will, um, if you want to say how to get in touch with you, if you are a Java developer in looking to relocate to Berlin or you're already in Berlin. Send Boise a message in Java code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your email address? What's the way of contacting you? Uh, so my email address is abloisi, B-L-O-I-S-I, at understandingrecruitment.co.uk. Um, if not, just find me on LinkedIn and drop me a message and... Uh, I'll, I'll hopefully reply back. And also, you've produced a salary guide. Oh, yeah. 
So I have to plug this, don't I? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's for your benefit. <laughs> Would you... It actually took me ages, that. Mm-hmm. Really? Doing all the maths, yeah. Yeah, it is good, though, once you have it. Because it's just... Yeah. Yeah. By the way, guys, Boise has a catchphrase. I just realised you stopped using it. It used to be, oh, really? Now I'm, sorry, you, I'm saying it all the time. But, yeah. Oh, oh, really? Every five seconds. Oh, really? <laughs> do you want to do it? <laughs> oh, really? There you go. Brilliant. It was when uh, someone would talk to me and I'd have to pretend to be listening and I'd just go, oh, really? Every kind of 10, 20 seconds. But... Wow. Just coming out. <laughs> well, he just says, oh, really? He's not paying attention. Yeah, I'm not, I'm he not doesn't care. <laughs> um, how have you found it? The podcast generally yeah it's been good fun it's quite nice telling a few stories and mm-hmm. hearing the differences between berlin and london yeah for sure it's good to compare to charlotte who works in london and does java so it's interesting to have you both side by side because it's a direct comparison indeed who doesn't love that indeed cool so thank you very much for your time today mr bloise Um, Wish you all the best in the future and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on at some point in the future. Absolutely, look forward to it. Thank you very much. Au revoir.